You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is up, my friends? My name is Sean O'Shotty. This man, you already know, he is Jose Youngs, and we are here standing outside of the Gila River Arena in beautiful, scorching hot <laughs> Glendale, Arizona. And this, well, this is the UFC 263 preview show here on MMA Fighting. Oh my gosh, Jose. It's good to see you, man. I have missed this so very As much. Someone once said in a past preview show, I think, time is indeed... Flat circle. I don't know if I use that phrase right, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna bring it back. Something like that. Something like that. I have missed you so much. I have missed my MMA fighting family so much, and I have missed all you beautiful people out there so much. And we really couldn't have asked for a better homecoming than what we have here. First UFC event to hit the desert since 2019, and what a card it is. Two title rematches up at the top. The return of one Nate Diaz as well against Leon Edwards, as well as a loaded undercard. And we're gonna be breaking all that down for you here today. So let's start with this main event, Jose. Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori. And this is one of those fights where I think it's safe to say no Christmas cards, no birthday greetings are going to be sent back and forth between these guys anytime soon. Not a lot of love lost here. Uh, this is, of course, a rematch of a fight we saw in 2018, actually, in this very arena right here. We are returning to the scene of the crime. Is he winning that fight by split decision? I think everybody in the split world decision. outside of Marvin Vittori probably feels like it should have been unanimous. Yeah. But nonetheless, we are here. And I'm not gonna lie, man, I'm a little surprised. I am, I, let's start here, because if you would have asked me two years ago whether this would be happening, whether we would be running this back so soon, whether they would be have this kind of stakes attached to it, I don't know that I would, I would have believed you, frankly. Where do you, I mean, when it comes to the road that these two men have been on, who Marvin Vittori has become, and really the fact that we are back here so soon, are you surprised? I'm surprised that they gave it to him after his last, uh, coming off a of Kevin Holland victory, I think. Like, uh, I think Israel Adesanya said it uh, at, at the press conference. He's like, oh, I'm a five fight win streak, five or six fight win streak since we last fought. And Israel Adesanya's like, who have you beaten, man? The only one I know is Jack Hermanson. And fair play to Marvin Torrey. He was supposed to play Jacare Souza on that card and then gets elevated to the main event uh, when I, I believe it was Darren Till pulled out. And he beat Jack Hermanson in five rounds, was preparing for a three round co main event. He's bumped up to a five round main event pulls off the victory, is then supposed to fight Darren Till. He did his job, he showed up. Darren Till, of course, gets hurt. And then he, he beats Kevin Holland. Not, not a fight that many people talk about as one of the better fights. Of Very dominant, though. Conan. Very Absolute. dominant. Dominant is a good word. It's a good way to paint that picture, but it's not one that, like, there's not real moments from that. That Like, I remember when Marvin did this. I remember Marvin when this. 
he just dominated Kevin Holland. Uh, Kevin Holland at the time, he had he was coming off that loss, I think like, what, 10 days prior to Derek Brunson. Uh, and the, he, even Derek Brunson's like, Congrat, good job, Marvin Torre. I laid the blueprint out there to beat Kevin Holland. So I was surprised that Marvin got it off that win. If he had gotten one more, like if he had beaten Darren Till, 100% give Marvin Torre the title shot. We also assumed that Robert Whitaker would get the title, the next title shot. He, he's the one that should be rematching Israel Adesanya after beating Kelvin Gastelum uh, on the same day that Jake Paul knocked out Ben Askren, oddly enough. Uh, but Robert Whitaker, I think his, his wife just had another baby and he wants to be a dad right now. So next man up, Marvin Torre. Uh, maybe not the most competitive in terms of what we're expecting inside the octagon, but it's the exact opposite outside of it. I am thoroughly entertained <laughs> by this entire week of Marvin Torre and Israel Adesanya's trash talk. And I'm not going to lie, I wasn't quite sold on it, but I am so here for Israel Adesanya and Marvin Torre part two based off of that press comments alone. So I want to ask you about that because Marvin Torre is a, uh, he's a unique cat. He's an angry man. He gets angry a lot. A little bit. He gets angry quickly. Uh, and Izzy is someone who seems to revel in needling human beings like that. <laughs> we saw it with Paulo Costa as well. You were there for that press yeah, conference. Oh uh, that was a wild scene. This, oh. this Phoenix crowd, we've seen it in the Suns games. Like they have been over the top and they were like that on Thursday. What do you make of this whole rivalry? Does it feel real to you? Does it feel genuine? Does it feel one-sided? Like, what do you make of the fight before the fight that we're seeing play out in front of us? Well, I wish I could tell you what Marvin Torrey said, or Israel Asana said at the press conference, but the crowd was so raucous that they drowned out both men. I'm like, this is awesome. Wish I could see, hear what they're saying. I just see two grown men screaming at each other and trying to fist fight on the stage. But uh, I've been entertained by the embeddeds and the countdowns and everything. Marvin Torrey is doing his best uh, to sell a fight. I really think the the fact that English isn't his first language, I think, adds to it. Like, he's so angry and he's He seems like he just gets so frazzled he up there so and he frazzled. can't figure out what he wants to say, but like, it's just anger. It's pure was, anger. There was a moment where he said something and Israel Asanya was just like, what? Like, he's just like, what did you say? And, then, and Marvin Torrey's response was, get new ears. And I was like, good one, Marvin. <laughs> I, I honestly love it. I think it's fantastic. I think it's some of the best trash talking ever in terms of like, comical timing. I don't think it's supposed to be like that, but I love everything about it. Uh, I've been entertained by it. Uh, I don't know if it's one-sided or not because Marvin hasn't stopped. Usually one like- He, he hasn't stopped for one, four years. Like, he, you could probably oh, find a thousand that. interviews on the internet about Marvin Vittori talking about that first fight. I stayed at the same, I was on the same floor as him in Jacksonville when Carl Roberson fell out. I heard Marvin Vittori scream for probably 10 straight hours. So yeah, I knew exactly what to expect. So. Uh, I think any other man might they might falter and like Izzy's like because Izzy he does like kind of like ooze confidence like he's sure. very confident man like you said he's very he, witty too he can exactly he can he knows what buns to poke and he's poking all the right buns and Marvin just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming <laughs> it's like he's just running into a wall and Izzy's like stop it you're dead stop and Marvin's like no you're not gonna kill me man so I love everything about it and uh, I think I I want to see the real I want to see the Robert Whitaker rematch but hell I am. I'm here for Marvin Torrey all day. I'm sold. I'm 100% sold. sold on this fight. Well, so let's talk about the champion because I think we find ourselves in a very interesting and unique place mm -hmm. with Israel Adesanya. Over the last four years of his UFC reign, we have really only seen one thing from him, and that is just peerless dominance. We've seen sublime knockouts. We've even seen some gut check type of performances where you overcome adversity, and he's done it all very successfully. But now we're a little bit of a different spot with him, right? We've been here before with kickboxing with him, but not with MMA. He's coming off of a loss. He just three months ago, went up in weight, failed in his bid to become a two-division champion against Jan Blakovic. And now, what do you make uh, uh, as he comes back down 
of the makeup of the champion right here. Does he feel maybe a little more mortal to you? Maybe a little more vulnerable? Maybe some kinks in the armor were shown with the wrestling at the end of that Blakovitz fight. What do you make of Izzy as he comes back down and tries to defend his title? It's, it's a good question. Um, I don't know how much stock I hold in the, in the John Blachowicz fight because Izzy is, he came in at 180, like 183 or something like that, 184. He came in under champion. And he always weight. does that. He's, he does he's, it all the time. And it's not like he's, it's not hard for him. So when he went up to light heavyweight to fight Jan, who is not, a, he's not a small light heavyweight. He's a thick guy. And Jan just looks just stronger than him at times. Like he just big brothered and grabbed him and held him and wrestled him, did everything right. So I, I think it would have been different if like Yoel Romero did that. Like if a middleweight did that, then we could then I'd have more questions. But the fact that a bigger light heavyweight that is on a tear lately fighting legit light heavyweights did that to Israel Asanya shouldn't really surprise anyone. So I want to see how he looks against Marvin. We all know he just pieced up Marvin, at least in the first two rounds. So yeah, it's at least two rounds to one Israel Asanya. Uh, he's taking this personally. He says uh, the Kamar Usman win over Hori Maisal like really reinvigorated him. Inspired so, like, him, yeah, inspired to come him to, do like, better. So like, oh, you beat him once and then you came in and beat him more emphatically and Israel Adesanya wants to do that and that's what I expect, especially with two more rounds to play. I expect I expect uh, a lot of highlights added to the Israel Adesanya uh, highlight montage for sure. Well, quickly, I want to ask you about Marvin Vittori because we mentioned it at the top. A very surprising and honestly impressive run for this man since he once since he fought Israel Adesanya in this very arena a few years ago. Five and zero since then, and if you look at the overall body of work, sixteen out of the seventeen rounds he's been in, he has won yeah. those rounds, he, and he has done it really in an all around fashion. I mean, you you mentioned the Jack Hermanson fight. He really won that with his striking, and then the Kevin Holland fight, he really won that with his wrestling. He was stifling there, 11 takedowns. And that wrestling is something that he's really low-key had in his back pocket for oh, a yeah. while, even in this first Izzy fight. That was where he found the most success. Is that the move for you, if you're Marvin Vittori? Is that the approach, to kind of try to come in here, wrestle Izzy, grind up against him, and really try to wear him down, and similar in the way that Jan Bukovic did? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, Jan put it out, put the blueprint out there to at least uh, the path to victory might not be the most exciting path, but the path to victory is take Busy off his feet, close the distance, get inside, take him down and hold him down. Not hold him down, but just control him. Uh, because Izzy loves distance. He loves, uh, to, he, when his back is against the cage and he gets to dance and float up there, like he's incredibly dangerous, a la Anderson Silva. If you let him get in a flow state, oh, that's a bad game call. Over, game yeah. over. And like we were watching Paulo Costa and there were moments where Paulo seemed to corner him and he looked gun shy. Like he's like, when he he, 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 had, he, he looks scared. Corner. Yeah. And then all he had to do was blitz in and cut it off. And he would throw a head kick. I'm like, oh, it looks cool. But when you throw a head kick, Izzy can just see that coming and circle away. And then he starts flowing in there. Like, Marvin is not going to be gun shy against Yuzhazani. He wants to just come forward. If you remember that split screen, Michael Bisman, he's like, I'm going to take you down and I'm going to wrestle you and I'm going to beat you up. That's what I'm going to do to you. So I, I, he put it out there. So if I'm Marvin and I'm his King's MMA, Forget the kickboxing. Don't try to get in a kickboxing match with Israel Asanya. Just go out there and plant him on his butt and try to hold him as long as possible. Well, you know how we do on these MMA fighting preview mm -hmm. shows. We make picks, we make predictions. Do you think Marvin will be able to do that? Who you got in this matchup? I'm gonna say Izzy, Israel Asanya, second round uh, TKO, at least knockout TKO, something, whatever. Uh, it's, I think it'll be kind of similar to the, the Usman fight, actually, like kind of a feeling out process. Like Izzy always like, uh, what, what is this like? It's like when uh, I, I like how Mauro and Al said it in the Floyd Mayweather. He's collecting data for like the first few minutes. And then he goes out there. And when, once he finds the openings, he can pick you apart. So uh, I think Marvin has been a fantastic fighter as of late. But Israel is starting to look hyper motivated to shut he this does. guy up. He really does. Uh, he knocked out Robert Whitaker in the second round. He knocked out Derek Brunson in what, the first mm -hmm. round, first or second round, too, I think. Uh, 
I don't expect Yoel Romero, Romero performance at all from him. Uh, so I expect at least a second round stoppage for Israel Adesanya. I'm going to have to agree with you, my friend. Except I'm calling third round knockout. There you go. I think Izzy is just very motivated coming into this, man. This is the type of matchup that he thrives under where somebody is just really getting up in him, man. <laughs> like really just getting on his ass. 100%. Now let us move to this co-main event. And what a sensational co-main event this is. Divas and Figueredo, Brandon Moreno, we're running it back. We just did this in December and it ended up being one of the best fights of 2020. In my opinion, the greatest flyweight fight I have ever easily, seen in my life. Easily. Almost 500 significant strikes thrown, almost 250 significant strikes landed, ends in a majority draw, so now we are here once again. Jose, this whole week, Izzy and Nate Diaz, they have really stolen the headlines, and deservedly so. They are both stars in their own right. But our good friend at MMA Fighting, Mike Heck, has been adamant all week that this is the best fight of the weekend. Do you agree with that? And do you feel like this is getting slept on a little bit? The best fight of the weekend. Wow. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I hadn't really put too much thought into it, but I don't disagree now that I think about it. I mean, if Yoani and Jacek Jane Wiley doesn't happen in 2020, Figueredo Brandon Moreno is the best fight of the year, I think. I, that's the, easily the best flyweight fight I've ever seen. It was a draw, but it was also a draw because of like, you know, the low blow, they got the yeah. point taken away. So Davidson Figueredo rightfully thinks he won that fight. Uh, he's looked unstoppable since his fight against Joseph Benavides where he stopped him uh, in, in Virginia. He did miss weight that fight, but he came back and did it again uh, on Fight Island and then put away Alex Perez. So yeah, Brandon Moreno has said, I felt that power. I went five rounds with that power and I'm not that impressed. I'm not gonna, he, he hits hard. He's very confident he's going very, into this. Oh, Brandon, Brandon Moreno, outside of Izzy, is the most confident fighter this week. Like, it's like, getting a lot of love here too in Phoenix. I mean, it's Phoenix, it's Arizona, it's pretty much 90% of the fans are gonna be Mexican anyway. So uh, yeah, it's, he's right at home here. The crowd hates Davis and Figueredo for whatever reason. I think I don't think they hate him. I just think they're pro Brandon Moreno. It's kind of like when they booed Benil Dariush, the one that built you know, orphanages in Haiti. Why boo him? <laughs> it just happens to be he's fighting Tony Ferguson. Uh, yeah, it's this fight absolutely rules, and I agree with Mike, best fight of the weekend. Well, you know, it's funny. If you look at the two roads these gentlemen have traveled in the UFC, they couldn't be more dissimilar. Oh I mean, Divas and Figueredo came in, and he was a force right away. He was stopping know. fools oh, yeah. left and right, really knocking people out in ways that we don't see a lot of flyweights violently knock people out. Even last year, fighter of the year for a lot of outlets, including ours, which is really impressive when you consider how he started the year missing weight for a title fight. That just shows you how good that body of work must have been to overcome that. Meanwhile, other side, Brandon Moreno, coming in through the ultimate fighter. He's kind of got this baby he face. He was the 16th seed. He was the 16th seed out of 16 on his season. He's this baby face assassin. He doesn't really look like a fighter. He doesn't really act like a fighter. The assassin, baby. That, the assassin, comma, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but man, he is just this perennial underdog all throughout his UFC career. He wasn't even in the UFC. A few no. years ago, he was kicked out. But it felt like he really opened a lot of eyes oh, in December yeah. with that fight. What's the biggest factor for you going into this rematch? Uh, cardio, stamina, pace, whoever's endurance just betrays them first is going to be in for a long night. I mean, that first fight was five rounds and neither man really faltered. Yes, they got hurt. Yes, there were some lobos, low blows. Yes, there were some moments that they got in danger. But the pace never, neither man relented. They both made weight fair and square, but they were both coming off a fight camp like what, 21 days before and then right into another yeah. fight camp. And they both had really easy fights 21 days earlier, like both really quick finishes. So they just jumped right back into it and went through the motions. They were ready to go. This is now months later. Figueredo made weight fair and square, 125 pounds. A little bit of a struggle. Looks like death. He weighed in at what? 
it, the cutoff was 11 o'clock or right at 11 o'clock. He went in like 10.59 and 59 seconds. Yeah. We were talking about, like we were talking to, to like Mark Ratner. He's like, what if the champion missed weight? He's like, well, it's an hour after that. I'm like, oh no, like this isn't looking good. So made, made weight fair and square. You ha I can't not think that will play a factor. Cutting that much weight, looking that bad on the scale. I feel like this might be a rough night for Figueredo. I don't, oh. I, I don't want to say that he's a So winner. is that the pick? I think that's the pick now. Oh, wow. Okay. Pick picking the upset. I was picking. I was. I thought Figueredo won the fight, the first fight if it wasn't for the low blow. Um, I thought it was an, It was a fantastic fight. Brandon Moreno has proven. He, he, didn't he fight Sergio Pettis five rounds in Mexico City? His cardio. So you're not, you can't question that cardio. I think if Figueredo, if he, if he can survive two rounds against Figueredo, which is a tall task, because he did it in the first fight, can he do it again in the second fight? And if Figueredo starts to fade and starts to throw those looping punches and just like deplete the, the gas tank, I think it's Moreno's fight to lose. And until they, until that, I saw Figueredo on the scale, I was picking him. After seeing that, I'm flipping to Brandon Moreno by, I'll say decision. Well, I'm going to zig where you're zagging. I'm going with the champion, and I actually think he's going to have an easier time this time around. I feel like he overlooked Brandon Moreno a little bit. He was riding quite a high he going was into that fight. He was going into that first fight. Yeah, and also we've seen him struggle on the scale, and he always ends up doing fine sure. afterwards. So that's where my pick is. Let us finish out this trifecta of big, big fights mm. with, of course, Leon Edwards, Nathan Diaz, the prodigal son returns Stockton's favorite son. Uh, this is the first time we're seeing Nathan Diaz since 2019. And I'm not going to lie, I never expected this matchup ever. I never once no, pictured this in my head. Nate Diaz, Leon Edwards, the idea of it is still weird a little bit. It's easily the lowest profile just in terms of, uh, you know, star power right. opponent Nate Diaz has had. Let's start with Leon Edwards, though, because he does have a lot on the line here. If you're that guy, if you're this sort of hard luck figure, this guy who just can't get any respect at all, even you win eight fights in one of the hardest divisions in the entire sport, and no one will even say your name when it comes to title contention, this has to be manna from heaven, right? Like this has to just be the best possible outcome for you. Does this feel to you like the weekend where Leon Edwards can finally break through in a way that he really hasn't? Absolutely. If Leon Edwards goes out there and beats Nate Diaz and beats him dominantly, how can you, like Dana White's already said, the winner of this fight will fight the winner of Usman and Covington. That's probably like, who knows if Colby Covington wins, the trilogy is there too, and then Leon Edwards can get passed up for another title shot if he wins. So, um, <laughs> but like, hey, like you said it, you said it best. Like he is not only is he fighting back. I don't think Nate Diaz is ranked. If I'm, no. if I'm correct, he's on. And what he, he, he like, has his own rules, man. It doesn't rankings don't matter hey, for Nate Diaz. As, as Nate Diaz says, even if he loses, he's fighting for the title. <laughs> so even Nate Diaz, like, hey, I might lose, still fighting for the title because I'm still the, every fight I'm in is, is for a title, and I don't disagree with him. If Leon Edwards can go out there and do what he did to RDA, if he goes out there and does what, like, the Bilal Muhammad fight was unfortunate. He was looking fight, really good before that, though. He hurt Bilal with a head yeah. kick. If he goes out there and head kicks Nate Diaz and puts him away, like, come on. He's a star. Josh Thompson Josh, style. Josh Thompson style. Or, like, when, like, Jorge, he ate that head kick from Jorge Masvidal, Nate Diaz, and he kept going. I don't know if he can do that with Leon Edwards also. Nate Diaz got a lot of scar tissue, as you saw that Jorge Masvidal <laughs> sure. fight. The one that split open. What does Leon Edwards call himself? Left elbow Larry. When he gets in the clinch. Does he call he, himself that? He called himself that after the RDA fight. Okay. When he got him in the clinch, he just kept throwing that left elbow. If I'm Leon Edwards and I clinch up with Nate Diaz and I'm just slicing his head open with that left elbow, like like he did against Gunnar Nelson, like he did against Rafael Dos Anjos, and I'm just seeing all these gash marks, he might win another doctor <laughs> stoppage against Nate Diaz. Because Nate Diaz, you know, he, he gets that same cut in the same spot every single fight. Um, 
It's I think it's I think it's Leon's fight to lose. He's I think he's one of the bigger favorites on this card. It's five rounds. It's a five round non title fight, non main yeah. event. So, but with with five rounds, I, I I do favor Leon Edwards. Well, so I want to actually hit on something you just mentioned. One of the biggest favorites on the card. He's actually the biggest favorite oh, wow. on the card. Nate Diaz is out here as a five to one dog on some sports. You books. never would have known if you listened to the crowd. Dude, he still had the whole Phoenix crowd eating out of the palm of his hand, and he wasn't even trying no at all. Uh, one quick thing before you, although it just felt like you made a pick. Did you just make a pick? Picking Leon. You're picking Leon? Picking Leon. Well, then let me ask you one thing real quick before I make my pick. This welterweight division, it's kind of clear cut right now. Kamar Usman, very dominant champion, very active yeah. champion. Like you mentioned, Colby Covington, he's sort of the number one contender in yeah. waiting. Is there anything at all? That Leon Edwards can do this weekend to jump over Colby Covington to be able to is there could he beat Nate Diaz so impressively that he's sitting over there pounding his chest saying I have ten fights in a row without a loss in this damn division this is mine is there anything at all four second knockout yeah that's it that's it that's it that's but it. like Dana White if you ask Dana White what's next for Kamar Usman ever since he beat Masvidal he said Colby Covington like that's like I and I like Leon Edwards as a fighter he's a fun he's a fine interview he's a nice guy. The heated rivalry between Colby and Kamara, that's what's going to sell. Like, that's especially, like, with how the, the first fight was also awesome. Let's not forget. Let's oh, think, it was great. Usman Covington is a very It was underrated. the best fight of Usman's reign. Oh, it's, it's one of the best fights of Colby Covington's career. It was a fa Until that broken jaw that, like, put him down, that that fight, that 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 doctor stoppage saved it because then Colby Covington could say, like, oh, it was a bad stoppage, this and that, but we don't have to get into that. That's the fight that's going to happen. I don't, like, I don't think there's anything Leon Edwards to do outside of breaking Jorge Masvidal's knockout record. He might get another big fight, like if he beats Nate, maybe he fights Nick, maybe maybe he gets something like that, but I don't. I think if he he beats Nate, he's gonna wait. They're gonna put him on the shelf and have him wait, especially if, I hear they're going to London. Oh, maybe they need to have, maybe they want to have him around there, or maybe they want to announce something then. I know Darren Till is gonna fight Derek Brunson. You're gonna tell me like Leon, like Leon Edwards might could headline that too. I don't know, sure. I have absolutely no idea. Darren Till gets hurt a lot. <laughs> so true. he it's might true. not even make that call. It's not even official yet. So I hear they're going to London. So if they're going to land in London and they want to go back again later on to hit all these UK markets, Leon Edwards is sitting pretty in a, a five-round main event. Well, you're picking Leon. I am. I'm picking Leon, mm -hmm. too. I think the odds are there for a reason. It's wild to see this fight. It really is. I Nate Diaz it. versus Leon also, Edwards. Leon Edwards is low-key about that life, too. Dude's been, oh, yeah. dude's been like, what, like a victim of like knife violence? Like he's very outspoken on the on the rise of knife violence in England. And he's like, talk about it. I'm like, good Lord, man. Like, <laughs> well, let us round out this main card and talk about these last two fights rapid fire. Next, first up, the welterweights. Bilal Muhammad, oh. Damian Maya. Great fight. Bilal, of course, coming off that very unlucky uh, situation with Leon Edwards yep. just a couple months ago. Yep. Damian Maya, you know who he is. Yep. You know what he wants to do. He's talking about maybe retiring. It seems like he's on the fence, but it is the final fight of his UFC deal. So, story to watch there. Where are you going with this? I'm going to pick Damian Maya. Oh, uh, the I, old dog. I, I really like Bilal Muhammad, but he himself said after, I can't even remember who he beat. He beat him uh, on the card that was when beat Burns. Um, and then he called out Lee Jiliang because he's low ranked. He's high risk, low reward. Damien Maia is very highly ranked. And I feel like this is a favor to Bilal Muhammad because he took that fight against Leon Edwards on short nose and got stabbed in the eye. So they're like, you know, you did us a favor. Now you get Damien Maia. I still think Damien Maia submits him. Like he, he, I don't know what round. I think Damien Maia submits him. And I'm even going to go one step further and say he fights Don Cerrone in his retirement fight. Ooh, I like that matchup. I like a lot. I like that. I'm going to disagree with you, though. I'm picking Bilal Muhammad. I think he's still very underrated in this division, and I think he's really coming into his own here. He's uh, a, he's, I think he's the most underrated fighter in the top 15. At I would say Leon Edwards might be. 
He might be the best welterweight in the world. I think, I think I think the the people underrating him has now made him perfectly rated. Because <laughs> That's it's fair. Talk, you know what I'm talking about? Sure. You're like, but Benil Darius now, I mean, like a year ago, is what Bilal Muhammad is now. High risk, low reward. Well, last fight here on this pay-per-view. Ranked light heavyweights, number 14, Paul Craig, number 15, Jamal Hill. Mm. Hill's still undefeated, both inside the UFC mm. and out. Lots of sparks between this one. These guys have been going at it all week. Oh. Where are you going with this? <sighs> on paper, it should be Paul Craig. He's, he was in, he was like had two fights in the UFC before Jamal Hill even made his debut, like his professional debut. That being said, Jamal Hill has looked fantastic. He has. He just knocked out Ovin St. Pru. And so we're talking about like, oh, he's an undefeated prospect fighting a vet, like a veteran, Paul Craig. OSP is more of a veteran than Paul Craig, and I think he's a little more dangerous. Uh, if, if, also, if, Paul Craig is very reckless. He opens himself up a super lot. Super reckless, coming off that win over Shogun. It's 2020 or 2021 Shogun, unfortunately. Um, I th didn't he submit Ankalaev like one second one left on second the card? One second left, if, yeah. If, and that was like to save his UFC career. If he mm -hmm. had been, if he had lost, if he had less, lasted one more second, he probably would have been handed his walking papers. That would be three in a row. So that being said, I am picking Jamal Hill. But if I have to pick one fight to watch out of every other fight on that card besides the top three, it's that one. Oh, yeah. okay. Just the heat, the heat from that stare down. Did you watch the embedded where they oh, yeah. into they, each other? They, they hate each other. They did the Goodfellas thing. Jamal Hill straight up said, I hate this dude. So yeah. Well, last question here before we get out of here. We talked about this main car, we talked about this pay-per-view, but if you look up and down the event, there's a lot to like here, man. There's a, a lot of little nibbles, little threads to pull on on this undercard. You have Brad Riddell versus Drew Dober. Awesome that is hot fight. fire. Fight of the night potential right there. Oh my God, you got JoJo Calderwood number versus Lauren Murphy. I number don't one contender fight. None of this, who, shoot, that's a number contender fight. I don't want to hear, is this a title shot on the line? Yes. You got your boy, Eric Anders. You got Hakeem Duato, you got a lot. What are you what are you looking at? What are you most focused on on this undercard? What are you most intrigued by? Mm, I'm really excited for the Kim Duadu fight. I think he's uh, he had a, he had a hiccup in his UFC debut, but the way featherweight is going right now, there's not been a real bad featherweight fight in a long time. I think with the emergence of Giga Chikadze, it's a Barbosa's last win over Shane Burgos. I think Hakeem gets another dominant decision win over Mazvar. I pick Hakeem, I'm picking Kim Duadu to win. He's going to throw himself right into those all watch that man fight anyone category. Well, there we go. There you go. There you have it. This has been the UFC 263 preview show here on MMA Fighting. Thank you so much for joining us this whole week, not only today, but just as we have brought you coverage all throughout the week here in Arizona, and the fun doesn't stop here. It's only going to get better. Fight night awaits. That man is Jose Youngs. I am Sean Alshadi. Thank you once again. It's so good to be back, Jose. It's good to have you back, man. Let's do this again sometime. Let's do it again sometime. Keep it locked to MMA Fighting all weekend, and we'll see you back here tomorrow night. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high volume, high speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. 
Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. 